Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Can I preach the word today? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, for the next two hours, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. The movie theater would kick us out. For the next 30, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, or 24 and a half minutes, I'm going to preach. We're going to continue um, this series we've been doing um, called Every Knee Shall Bow. We've been talking about the lordship of Jesus, the lordship of God, that he is Lord. He's not just our savior, but he is Lord. And it's when I accept him as Lord that I am saved. The Bible describes it this way, and that we come under his authority. He rules my life. He is the king of my life. He rules my heart. And the past couple weeks, it's re- really bi-weekly, because we've had so many guest speakers and so much input, We've been actually diving into the names of God, and we've talked about Jehovah Rapha, which means God is my healer. We've talked about um, Jehovah Teskanu, he is my righteousness, Um, uh, not last week, but the week before that. We've been diving into the names of God. So we're going to dive in today in the, the name of God, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Um. Listen, we have, a, we have a family van. We have three kids. And the other day we were driving, we had just left the house. And this tends to happen when we leave the house. As soon as we drive out of the driveway, one kid normally says, I need water. Or I need to use the toilet. So we're expecting some feedback and some backseat drivers when we're going down the road. Usually right when we leave the house and we're just too far away to turn around because we've got somewhere to be. And the other day, I was driving the car and uh, there's some, some like noise going on in the background talking. And then all of a sudden, I hear the loudest shriek come from the very back seat. And this shriek made me want to slam on the brakes like this. I I thought I hit somebody. I thought somebody was coming at me. I didn't know what was going on. I was preparing to see Jesus. This loud shriek, I'm still deaf in my right ear from this. And I hear this loud shriek, and I'm like, what? That's the only way I could respond. What? And Glory, my middle daughter, screams, a spider! Spider! I'm like, oh God. For me, it was a sigh of relief because I'm thinking that's not damage to the car that I have to pay for. That's, you know, nobody's bleeding. We don't have to go to the hospital. We can still make it where we're going. There's a spider! And I am the spider crusher at the house. For those of you who are spider conscious and are like, how dare he kill spiders? I'm also the spider catch and releaser, but do not tell my kids that. They have to know in their head that the spider is eliminated. She, she is, I'm like, I'm like, glory. It's, it's okay. It's okay. No, spider. 
Megan is, Megan is now in the passenger seat. Daniel, you've got to stop the car. I'm like, for a, for, for a spider. I'm like, do you see it? No! I'm like, is it even there? Ezra's like, yeah, I saw it. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. If I could just get you to imagine that it's not there, then we're good and we, we sail on. I had to pull over the car on the side of the road, put my flashers on, unbuckle my seatbelt, crawl through the family van to the very back with my legs dangling in the air, looking under the seat for the spider that I don't even know is there. It's this big, Daddy! It's this big! Finally, after five minutes, flashers on the side of the road, I find the spider, and I catch and release it. And all that mess for a spider, all that mess, a a spider. I have often moments in my life that are interrupted, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Listen, some of you have kids, some of you don't have kids, but for me, there's moments with kids where there is no peace. It's all out war. You think you are in World War III with your children. And Megan and I are in the bunker with our helmets on, a.k.a. the kitchen because there's a door, while our kids are screaming for food. There's no peace. You know what I'm talking about? Whether you're a student, whether you're a parent, whether you're an employee, whether you are just married or dating, you know that there's moments in your life where there's no peace. Have you ever experienced it? There's war in this world where there's no peace. There's many things that we deal with, and I think if we could just discover a way to experience peace, we would be so much better. Can I help us today experience peace? Is anybody in need of peace? This is one of these messages that I'm preaching to myself the entire time. I need peace in my house, in my heart, in my mind for the chaos that goes on in my small little world. And I think we all need peace. Judges chapter 6. This is the first instance and the only instance that God is called Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And this this story in Judges chapter 6. Now listen, the book of Judges is completely about a time of unrest for the Israelite people. There would be chaos. There would be war. The Israelites would be oppressed. And then God would raise up a judge. And this is why it's called the book of Judges. He would raise up a judge. And that judge would lead Israel. And they would conquer the oppressors. And there would be times of peace. And then again, there would be times of chaos. There would be times of destruction. And this is a moment, a story of a man named Gideon who maybe if you've ever been in church, maybe you went to Sunday school. Some of you, maybe this is the first time you've ever been uh, reading scripture before ever in church. It doesn't make a difference, but this is a time in scripture where these Midianite people, there was people called the Midianites and they were the ones oppressing Israel, the Midianites. 
And let me just read to you. This isn't going to be on the screen, but I'll just give you a picture of what the Israelites had to do. In chapter 6, verse 2, it says, And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land. So the Israelites were so oppressed, they couldn't even grow crops because they would come and be torn up. They would come and be taken over. So we find Gideon now in this story. What we we find him is he's he's threshing wheat, not on a threshing floor where you would normally thresh wheat because that was an open space, would have been um, a place where the Midianites could have easily seen him, uh, a place where they could easily come and take whatever he's doing or, or, or thwart whatever he's trying to do. But he's beating wheat or he's threshing wheat in a wine press, which was a hidden place. Let me read to you chapter six, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O man of valor. Some translation says, mighty warrior. I don't think Gideon felt like a mighty warrior when he was in the wine press, there's actually wheat in here or grass or something. He probably didn't feel like a mighty warrior when he's beating wheat in a wine press because he's scared and he's afraid. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds? You see, he's scared. He's afraid. If I can get out. There's no times of peace, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Again, probably didn't feel like he had any might. What are you talking about? And save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. And you will strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, and then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. Verse 19. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot. He was bringing this guy a steak dinner and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour out the broth over them. So soak soak this bread, soak this meat in the broth in the water and he did so then the angel of the lord reached out with the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes and the angel of the lord vanished from his sight 
Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. Yeah, you think so, Gideon. And Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, now he hears God's voice. Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace, or Jehovah Shalom. To this day, it stands in Orpha, which belongs to the Abyssalites. The Lord is peace. So here Gideon is and the rest of the Israelites trying to find peace in their hiding in a time where there was no peace. Gideon was beating out wheat in a wine press. He was hiding. The other Israelites had built caves. They were hiding because it was a time of war. It was a time of oppression. So they're hiding in order to find peace when they're surrounded with unrest and peace. And I wonder how many of us feel like we're out of control and there's unrest and there's no peace around us and we end up trying to hide. We end up going to these default places to find peace and we're, and what, but what we're still experiencing is lack of peace around us. And what we're doing is, is we're just trying to escape from unrest. We're just trying to escape of the fear. We're trying to escape because there's, because there's chaos around us. Some of us have chaos going on not around us but in here and what we try to do is we try to go to something else to escape just to get peace. And we're hiding in order to get peace. We're escaping in order to get peace. Are you with me? What is your hiding place? I, what is your, what, what, what do you picture, what do you picture peace look like? Is it the holiday by the sea and the sun's beating down on you and you're getting perfectly tanned and you're sitting there with your favorite drink and you're sitting there with your favorite meal and it costs you nothing so you don't have to worry about the bank account and you're an all-inclusive resort and the the ocean is right there and you hear the waves and you can smell the salt water. Are you immersed in it? <laughs> can you tell I miss the water? There's no sharks either. Only magical Disney stingrays. And there's a band off to one side playing and you're at peace. And you're at peace. Or is peace look like to you when the kids go to bed? Right? <laughs> I told you I'm preaching to myself. It's an all-out rush. Get, get them to bed so we can experience peace. Turn on the TV show and numb whatever's going on in here. I just need peace. Is it, is it when there's no arguing and we're agreeing on stuff? with the friends, with the spouse? What does peace look like to you? Is it when you've found the right job with the right team? Is that 
what peace looks like to you. Your boss and you are in harmony together and everything that they ask you to do, you agree with. Uh, you know, this perfect harmony at work or is it when your bank account and your retirement account and your savings and all your investments are doing good and the stock market's up and, and you're making money and you're doing good and the budget looks good. Is that what peace looks like to you? You see, when I was preparing for this message, I was trying to think, man, what does peace look like to me? And these are the thoughts. I thought, man, when the money's there and I'm on holiday and, uh, and, and everything's good in the family, the kids are perfect little angels pastor's kids me and the me and megan are in harmony to get together we're going on a date night every other night of the week and we're eating at our favorite restaurant and we're talking about feelings and we're at peace what does peace look like can i tell you though you can have all this all this and still not have peace because peace is a person Peace is a person. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. You have to understand that peace is not a place. It's not a state of mind. It is not tranquility. It is not the emptying of the mind. It is not meditation to remove everything from your mind. That is not peace because peace is a person. His name is Jesus. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Jehovah Shalom. That word shalom means not just maybe the peace that we think about when everything is good, but it, it's, it means completeness. Completeness. When you are complete in the one who is peace, it is safety and soundness. It's welfare, health, and prosperity. It is tranquility. It is peace in relationship. It is all these things. It's shalom. There's peace. But you have to recognize that peace is a person. Peace doesn't come from hiding. Peace comes from hiding him in your heart. Peace doesn't come from escaping the chaos of your world. It comes from hiding him in your heart. Because when you have Jesus Jehovah Shalom, hidden in your heart, you have peace inside of you. That's inner peace because the one who is peace is inside of you. You can be in the middle of chaos and still experience peace. Therefore, peace, number one, is received. You have to receive peace. Peace doesn't just come, it's not conjured up. You have to receive peace because, the, because peace is the Lord. He is the Lord. Therefore, I need to receive his authority in my life. I need to receive him. I need to let him in. I need to allow him to enter into my heart. God is a gentleman. He doesn't come into your heart by force. You have to say, Jesus, come into my heart. You are the Lord of my life. Peace is received. Peace is received. You see, what's interesting is, is when God tells Gideon, God speaks to Gideon, and Gideon begins to question God. God says, I'm with you, mighty warrior. And then Gideon says, how can you be with us? 
Can you picture Gideon's tone? How can you be with us when all this is going on? Israel is oppressed, your chosen people, look at this. I wonder how many of you wonder if God is with you because of your situation. Is God with me because I don't see any evidence? Is God with me because I don't see, there's no peace going on in my life. God is with you, but you need to receive him for you to experience peace. You might have peace in your family but you haven't received him in your finances. Have you invited him into your marriage? There's just, I follow Jesus, I love God with all my heart, I'm just experiencing no peace in my marriage. Have you invited him into your marriage? Or are you trying to work it out alone? Have you invited him into your finances? Are you with me? Have you invited him into the process? Have you invited him into your parenting? Have you invited him into your school? Have you invited him into your work? Have you invited him into your thesis? Have you invited him into your workplace? Have you invited the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings into these areas where you haven't experienced peace? Maybe if you're experiencing unrest, it's a sign that you haven't invited the Lord into that place because peace is a person. Peace is also heard. Peace is received and peace is heard. You have to hear the voice of God. You've got to hear the voice of God. Can I tell you, our house gets loud. Our house gets crazy. And there will be times that all I hear is a mash of voices. Man, I I tell you, does anybody have AirPods or these sound-canceling headphones? Any sound-canceling headphone people in here? I got the AirPods that do the sound canceling thing and I got them right before I went on a trip and I, I plugged them in and I'm walking through the airport and I did the, I did the little button that does the sound canceling thing and I thought I had entered into the twilight zone because all the sound is whoa, 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 you know, in the airport. All you hear is this sound coming that's like it just everything mashes together. You don't hear a language. You just hear blah, 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 you know. And then all of a sudden I hit this and I'm seeing mouths move but hearing nothing. And I'm like, this is what my kids have internally when I'm trying to tell them to do something. <laughs> we must grow out of the noise cancellation when we get older. Well, maybe some of us husbands, we, we still got it. Selective hearing, they call it. But man, if I can just shut off the noise of of this opinion and that opinion and this thought and that thought and just hear the voice of God, I would experience peace. If I could just hear his voice when the anxiety comes, when the thoughts come and I could do what God's word says and make make every thought captive and obedient to Christ Jesus and I can listen only to the good shepherd's voice, I would experience peace because that's where peace is because it was God when the world was in chaos, the earth was formless and without void and the Bible said he spoke and then there was form. When there's chaos and God's voice speaks, Chaos turns to organization. And he can speak into your thoughts where there's chaos and turn it into organization. And what was a big deal doesn't become a big deal anymore. 
because you begin to see things rightly. You begin to see things for who they are. It was Elijah in scripture who God says, go up to the mountain, I'm going to speak to you. And then there was a fire and the Bible says the Lord wasn't in the fire and then there was an earthquake and the Lord wasn't in an earthquake but then there was a still small voice. And he heard God's voice in a still small voice. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. You have to hear his voice. Have you stopped to, to ask God what he thinks about the situation? Have you opened up the word to hear what he says about the situation? Have you prayed into your situation? Peace can be heard and is heard. And lastly, peace goes with you. Because peace is a person, not a place. And he says to Gideon, I go with you. That means no matter, listen, what situation you're in, peace is there. That, 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 means, that means you don't have to run to a, to a place to hide. You run to a person to hide. Under the shadow of his wings, I take refuge, the psalm says. I don't need to go to a place. I don't need to have everything in order. I just need him with me. He goes with you. He says, you are a mighty warrior. Peace, peace isn't confined to safe places. In fact, God loves to get out and get his hands dirty. Peace was made for battle. We don't think about it that way, but peace was made for battle. Do you know in Ephesians, when the Bible talks about the armor of God and putting on the armor of God, it says, put on the boots of peace, shod with the gospel of peace. And Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus describing the Roman centurion's armor. And he was talking about the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, uh, the sword of the spirit. But he talks about the boots of peace. If you are to look at the boots, these, I don't know if we have the picture. Do we have a picture? No. If you were to look at the boots of peace, then you will see that, um, yeah, there you go. Look, look at there. Can I tell you that Adolf Dassler, for those of you who work at, uh, um, at, at Adidas, and uh, Rudolf Dassler did not come up with the spikes. They may, he maybe came up with the ones that twisty, twisty in there, but they didn't come up with the spikes. That was the Roman soldiers. This is what peace looks like. Can I tell you why? Because the Roman soldiers, when they, when they were in battle and they were coming up, but their feet would not be moved when everything was coming at them. That's what peace looks like. When I am anchored in and I can be in the middle of a fight and the middle of a battle, but I got peace because peace is a person. And it's, got, it's the gospel of peace. It's the good news that Jesus died, resurrected from the dead so that I have new life in him and I am fixed on a firm foundation of the gospel of Jesus that even though the battle rages, even though the storm comes, I'm not moving. That's what peace looks like. Peace isn't hiding in a foxhole. Peace is having peace when you're in the middle of the battle. Peace goes with you. Gideon, Gideon called, I have, it, I have it written right here in my Bible when he calls God peace. It was in the middle of a time where there was no peace. He says, God, your peace, when their experience wasn't peace. There's peace. 
Worship team, can you come? I need, to, I need to wrap this up. Let me say this as I just wrap things up. Where he, listen to me on this, where he, the Lord, Jehovah Shalom, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, where he has authority, there will be peace. Where he has authority, there will be peace. If there is not peace, then you need to give him authority. Let me say it one more time. Where you give him authority in your life, there will be peace. Where there is no authority, there will be no peace. Where, if you're not experiencing peace in an area of your life, you need to look and see if you're giving him authority. Are you letting him, are you receiving him? Are you letting him speak into it? Are you giving him authority in your life? In, uh, oh, let me just read it to you. Let me just read it to you. Mark chapter, Mark chapter four. Jesus calms the storm. On that day when evening had came, had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were there with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But, somebody say, but, he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he wo awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Don't, don't mistake God as peace, as his lack of care. They said, Do you not care what I'm going through? No, he's just, he's just the personification of peace because he is peace. And if you step into him and let him into your heart, you will experience that peace. If Jesus wasn't on the boat, the storm would still be raging. He needed to be on the boat. He needs to be, have permission to be on your boat, in your life, in your situation. But maybe, maybe some of you, let me just say it like this. He, he wants to calm the storms of your soul. He wants to calm the storms of your soul. Because for some, it's not what's happening around you, it's what's happening in you. It's the emotions, it's the fear, it's the anxiety, and there's a storm raging in your soul. Your soul being your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you're like, one day you're up, and then one day you're down, and then one day you're, you're, you just want to be numb, and then one day you've got all this anxiety. One day there's this, there's, there's this overwhelming sense of fear, and you feel like everything's rocking, and there's this storm raging in your soul, and there's no peace in here. From the outside, your life looks peaceful and great, but on the inside, there's a storm raging. And he wants to calm the storm of your soul. If you let him in your heart, 
if you let him. So often, so often, we can, we, we can so spiritualize Jesus and he becomes so distant and he does all the spiritual things. But he also wants to calm the storm of your emotions. He wants to calm the storm and the fear of the fear and the anxiety of the soul. I think Gideon made the same mistake. He didn't recognize that the one who was with him could bring peace in a situation, in this practical thing. Can you stand to your feet with me today? And I'll wrap this up. Today, listen, despite, despite what's going on, you can experience peace in it. You can experience peace in it despite what is going on in your soul, in your life around you, you can experience peace. And God wants to be involved. You need to invite him in. Let's close our eyes today as we just close in prayer. But let me just, don't want to go any further because maybe some of us in the room or watching online have never made a decision to receive him into our heart, to give him authority in our life. And you can identify with the storm and you can identify with the chaos. The greatest decision you, you have to make is will you make him Lord of your life or will you continue being the Lord of your own life? And this is what salvation is. is to say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my life. So I'm going to pray for you. If that's you today and you want to make that decision, maybe you want to come back to him, rededicate your life, if you will, or maybe today this is the first time you're making that decision. I want to pray with you. Nobody's going to call you forward or anything like that, but just so I know who I'm praying for, if that's you and you want to make that decision to receive him into your heart, can you just lift a hand in the air and say, that's me. Online, we're going to have a QR code as well. We want to hear from you. And everybody just pray this with me. If, you're, if this is your first time making this decision, pray this. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Say, Jesus, thank you that you died so that I could live. Thank you that you are peace. I receive you today into my heart, into every area of my life, because you're the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just pray for all of us and then we'll close this out in worship. I wanna, I wanna be able to pray for you and our team would love to pray for you. So as the band plays, if there's anything you need prayer for, we'd love for you to come down. We'll step off to the side and we'd love to pray for you. Katie's gonna close out right after the band plays. Again, we'd love to pray for you. So let me just pray, and then you're welcome to sit and worship and come down and receive prayer. Father, today we thank you that you are peace, and I thank you that you calm every storm. Help us in the middle of trial, in the middle of storms, in the middle of chaos to experience you, Jesus, Jehovah Shalom, the one who is peace in our heart, in our minds, in our emotions, and in our soul. That we can be in the most chaotic of situations, but we experience peace. We experience peace 
in the middle of trial. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that you're, you're bringing peace in this room. You're bringing peace in marriages. You're bringing peace in finance. You're bringing peace in relationships. You're bringing peace in thoughts and trials. And you're, you're, you're speaking to the storms of our soul. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.